If you have your Bibles, I would encourage you to turn to the book of Romans. We have been working through the topic of transitioning well. And this morning I want us to take a look at this passage and see what the Lord has for us that we can learn from it to apply as we go through this time of transition. May I also encourage you to kind of make a mental note of this. You're going to see it come out in your bulletins more. But make a mental note of November 21st at 6.30, if you will, to come and I will be presenting uh, a health report from all your surveys uh, that evening. So I would encourage you to come. And uh, going to be promoting a little bit more of that as we get going here in the different Sundays. But November 21st, if you all mark that down, think about that, 6.30. And if you can't come then, we're going to do it as well at the AGM on the 26th so that we're catching as many people as we can on the health report. You took the time to fill out the surveys, and we've had a lot of good responses from them. Plus, in the last two months, I've had the opportunity to visit about 60 of you already, and it's just been really good to hear where your heart's at, where you're at, how the Lord's been moving you. And so it'll be a good picture of where we're at as a church body and where we will be traveling over the next 12 months together. Priorities. Some people have them. Some people do not. Some people claim to have them, but they don't use them. Others don't claim to have them, but how they go about living their lives speaks volumes. So here's my thought. What is your priority? In your bulletin, there's an outline. If you want to follow along, I may encourage you to do so. And today our focus is on setting priorities. Rick Warren in his book, The Purpose Driven Life, started the book with these words. It's not about you. The purpose of your life is far greater than your own personal fulfillment, your peace of mind, or even your happiness. It's far greater than your family, your career, or even your wildest dreams and ambitions. If you want to know why you were placed here on this planet, you must begin with God. You were born by his purpose and for his purpose. If you have your Bibles or your app on your phone, Romans chapter five, eight, we want to read the first five verses. And this is Paul talking. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do in that it 
was weakened by the sinful nature. God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful men to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in sinful man in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled, met, fully met in us, who do not live according to the sinful nature, but according to the Spirit. You may want to underline that. Those are powerful words from Paul. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. It's a matter of priority. I suppose most people have asked, what is your priority? Would list their families, their career, their security, financial security, their child's education, and so on as a top five. However, when Paul wrote this letter to the church in Rome, which was predominantly Gentiles, it was a Gentile crowd, he wanted them to know that God and his will for their lives should be ranked number one. Number one. If we claim Christianity, and let me give you a definition of that because our world uses it a lot. Christ follower, okay? Christ follower. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're a Christ follower. If we claim Christianity, then we walk according to the Spirit. That's what Paul says in these first five verses. If we claim Christianity, if we are a Christ follower, then we accept God's ability to do things we cannot do. If we claim Christianity, if we're a Christ follower, then we, then our number one priority is to set our minds on spiritual things. Paul wrote that if we claim to be a Christian, a Christ follower, we cannot continue our lives and we cannot continue to live as anything but Christ. You see, we can either walk through life focused on ourself, which the world promotes heavily, which we're bombarded every day with, our wants, our supposed needs, or we can walk according to the Holy Spirit with God's will in sight. God's will in sight. And so when I was reading this passage and I was thinking about it, the question that comes to me and always comes to me is, okay, how do we do it? How do we do this? Well, let's look at this passage a little bit more deeper. The first thing we see in verses one and two is that we're to walk according to the Spirit. I've heard this verse used many times. 
People like it. Time and time again, I've heard them say, and I probably even have said it myself, there is therefore no condemnation. And we leave it there. But that's not the full message of the verse, is it? You see, there's a priority statement which follows. The whole no condemnation thing is for those who walk according to what? The Spirit of God, right? Which way we walk determines our priorities. Anytime we put our will before God's, we walk in the flesh. And this is where the rubber hits the road because this is difficult stuff. It's easy for us to say, thy will be done, Lord. Thy will be done. It's another to put it into practice. Anytime we intentionally turn a deaf ear to God's instruction, we walk in the flesh. Anytime we flood our minds with poor television or movie choices, we walk in the flesh. Anytime we seek to divide instead of uniting, we walk in the flesh. Anytime we think we are better than someone else, we walk in the flesh. Anytime we envy others, or that new combine, or that swather, or that new tratcher, or that new house, we walk in the flesh. When we spend more time with our stuff compared to time spent in God's word, in prayer, in worship, and in praise, we walk in the flesh. Now we need to be thankful that we have a loving and merciful God. Amen? I don't, oh, I got one. The rest of you either fell asleep or you're really Baptist and you don't want to say it out. But we need to be thankful that we have a loving and merciful God. Things could get ugly if we didn't have it. And the message is this. When we open up these first verses, there are only two priorities. Either we walk in the Spirit or we do not. And there's the battle every day when we wake up. There's the challenge every morning. If our focus is on anything but God, condemnation, sin, death is a result. But if our focus is on God, then we walk not in a fear of condemnation, but free from sin and death. That's what Paul is saying here. It's such an important piece. Which way we walk is the first determination of priority. The second thing is, 
We could not do it. God did. And we see this in verse 3 and 4. And people will say that. Ah, but what about grace? What about love? What about mercy? And Paul addressed that. He, he said, just because of that doesn't mean you keep on sinning. Thankfully, after God dealt with God's people from Adam and Eve, through the time of Moses, through the kings and the prophets, he realized that we needed help. And Paul wrote that in verse 3. He says, For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son. God had a plan. God had a plan. He sent his own son. While we were yet sinners, God still loved us enough to send a portion of himself. And even when we become believers, God still loves us enough to give us his spirit to guide, to lead, and to direct us if we only listen. If you want to feel God's grace, if you want to experience God's mercy, if you want to appreciate God's love, then we need to set our priorities in line with the priorities of God. We can't do it by ourselves. Throughout human history, we tried and we failed. We have eaten the forbidden fruit. We molded golden calves at the foot of the mountains. We found ourselves in a foreign land, conquered and captured. We've heard the words of Jesus and still deny him before the rooster crows. And while Jesus hung on the cross, John and Mary stood at the foot of the cross. We huddled on the very outskirts, afraid and bewildered. And after Jesus died, we couldn't even give it up the nerve to take care of the body. And so we sent women down to take care of the body. And when that body was not there, we blamed thieves and soldiers. We huddled in a locked upper room, awaiting our Lord's same fate. But what we could not handle, God could. When Jesus entered that room and told us, peace be still, it was then we knew what our priority must be. And even doubting Thomas doubted no more. It's not our way that matters. We make decisions based on very little information compared to God's vast knowledge. That's why doing transitional is very, very tough because there's not a set plan. There's not set steps. God moves through each one of us. He moves through us in a powerful way. 
It is that letting go, letting God theme revisited over and over and over. Once we have given up our way, God is waiting for us to see it his way. The third thing is setting our minds is the key priority. Verse four, verse five. It leads us back to the inevitable question, how? How do we do this? How do we live according to the spirit as Paul wrote? And the answer is found in another one of Paul's letters. And this time it's to Galatians. And if you have your Bibles, I would encourage you to go to Galatians chapter 5. And we want to just quickly take a look at verses 16, 22, and 23, and 25. And let me summarize it. Paul writes this letter to this church in Galatia. I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, patience, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. Against there is no law. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. What a powerful message for us. So how applicable it is. Is your mind set upon these things? If so, then God is close to your top priority. If you can't find yourself in this list that Paul's laid out here, or if you have lost the list somewhere along the way, then I would invite you to turn your life over, making the decision to walk in the Spirit, allowing God to do what we could not do, setting your mind on these things so that the direction may be God-centered instead of you-centered. Where we set our mind dictates our decision, our direction, our priority. Living according to the Spirit means setting our minds on the things of the Spirit. As I wrap up, the theme that comes out here over and over in these first five verses is it's all about God. It's not about us. It's not about me. It's all about God. So let me close with this little story. A little boy wanted to meet God. He knew that it was going to be a long trip to where God lived. And so he packed his suitcase with Twinkies and six-pack of root beer. And he started his journey. And when he got about three blocks away, he met, he met this elderly man. And this man was sitting in the park just feeding some pigeons. And the boy sat down next to him and opened up his suitcase. He was about to take a drink of his root beer when he noticed that the man looked hungry. And so he offered him a Twinkie. 
the, great, the man was grateful, accepted it, and smiled at the boy. His smile was so pleasant that the little boy wanted to see it again, so he offered him a root beer. Again, the man smiled at him, and the boy was delighted. They sat there all afternoon eating and smiling, but they never said a word. And as it grew dark, the little boy realized how tired he was, and he got up to leave. But before he had gone more than a few steps away, he turned around, ran back to the man, and gave him a hug. The man gave him his biggest smile ever. When the little boy opened up the door to his own house a short time later, his mother was surprised by the look on his face. She asked him, what did you do today that made you so happy? And the little boy replied, I had lunch with God. But before his mother could speak, he added, and you know what? God has got the most beautiful smile I've ever seen. Meanwhile, the elderly man, he was so full of happiness as well, he returned to his home. And his son was stunned by the look of peace on his face. And he asked, Dad, what did you do today that makes you look so happy? Why are you so happy? Why do you have this peaceful look on your face? He replied, I ate Twinkies in the park with God. However, before his son could respond, he replied, you know, he was much younger than I expected. (laughs) You see, as we go through transition, as things start moving and coming into place, isn't it a good time to turn away from our wants our desires, and instead trust in the Lord to renew our strength. You see, the prophet Isaiah says this, have you not known, have you not heard, the Lord is an everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary, and his understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Even youth will faint and be weary, and the young will fall exhausted. But those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. Isaiah 40, 28 to 31. Let me close with this prayer as we do close this morning. Lord, we come before you amazed at your knowledge, overwhelmed by your accuracy, dazzled by your inability to fail. But we come before you tired. We come before you broken, wandering, feeling worthless, having no direction. Lord, your will has been clear to us. Setting our priorities upon you is not a new concept. We find it throughout Scripture, yet we still stumble. Like Peter walking on the water towards you, we tend to focus on the storm than on you. Forgive us.
for all the times our priorities are out of whack, for all the times we knew better but did so anyways, for all the times we have missed being the people you would have us to be because of our inability to let go and follow you, and we're sorry. Help us, we pray, Lord. Help us set our priorities in such a way that we will know beyond all doubt that it's all about you and not about us. In the name of Christ, we pray, amen.